Chapter 1 Joshua opened his eyes wide. Jarred awake by the shrill screams and gold, clammy hands shackled around his throat. Eagle was wide-eyed with matted hair, kneeling over him and trying to choke the life from him. Where is it? Where are you hiding it? Eagle shouted. What did you do with the water? Eagle, get the fuck off me. Joshua grabbed the oldest man's body from his shoulders and tossed him on the floor like a rag doll. What's gotten into you? He gasped, rubbing his neck. I knew you took off all the water. You stole it, Eagle yelled. Joshua rested his hand on Eagle's back and drew himself close to the sunken creature who had once been his trusted friend. Listen to me. I don't take anyone's water. There's no water to steal. Now go home and get some sleep. Joshua pulled Eagle to his feet and shoved him out of his filthy, run-down shack in a barren desert, desert wasteland. Eagle stumbled and fell face first in the dirt. He groaned but made no attempt to get up. Julio, having heard the commotion, ran towards Joshua, a short, attractive Latino woman named Mar- Maria, and her eight-year-old daughter, Paolo, were close behind him. What's going on? Julio said. Are you okay, Igor? His Hispanic accent seemed thicker when he was excited or confused. I wake up to him choking me. He thinks I'm keeping water from everyone, Joshua replied. You're crazy, old man. What the hell is wrong with you, the Julio Bart? He's severely dehydrated and overheated. He's not in his right mind. His hands are cold. He's probably hyperthermic at this point. His body's shutting down, Joshua said. Can't we do anything for him, said Maria. I got several more cans on the ground, I laid the persic up over them, but I got very little water. I even tried draining a few cacti and came out with was a gooey substance. In no water source for miles, even if it was, you can't walk far in its heat without fluids. You wouldn't last more than a couple of hours, Joshua replied. Do you think anyone will spare some little water rations? Maria said, Junior snorted. We don't even have enough water for ourselves. If you share water with anybody, you risk your own life. They left us in this shithole to die. It's working. Stop taking, stop talking like that. You're going to scare Paolo, Maria hissed. She should be scared, and so should you. Why do you think they dumped us in the middle of nowhere? They're taking everything from us, our cars, our houses, our money. They gave us no way to survive. They need no use. They haven't got no use. For us anymore, the purifiers don't even haven't even been here in weeks. General retorted, "They need Joss's help because he knows more than even about the wind turbines." Maria countered, "Then why the hell aren't they just are they asking for his help anymore?" General replied, "Enough already." Jonah, Joshua said, "Maria, please take Ika to Anna's place." and see if she can help him. Maria pulled their girl to his feet, and she and Paolo helped him to see Zeno Mara's. I'll be okay, Ego. Zeno Mara will make you better. Paolo patted my arm. Ego glanced at her and stared off into space. Just pretend you someone else. Someone better. That's what I do when I feel sick or, or depressed. She put her arm around him. You think Calabo Camara's Zagamara Maria is going to be able to do for do for him? 
Julia wanted to know. She used to be a nurse, Josh replied. She wouldn't do much, much good out here. Julia, do you think I have to make any, any situation worse? Josh snapped. He did not mind Julia's pessimism much of the time. Most of the time. But today he's grating on him. I'm sorry, man. I don't think the purifiers are coming back again. I'm not sure how we survived, Julia sighed. I know, I tried to think of a plan. But for now, everybody needs to stay indoors. If we were sweating in the sun all day, we'll end up like Edgar. Joshua rested his hand on Julio's shoulder. All right, bro, Julio nodded. Joshua went back to his shack and strengthened the last of his water ration for the day. He sweltering stuffy and middle inside. A little battle-powered fans didn't help much. He glanced at the tall, skinny, uncut man in the mirror and didn't recognise himself. His chiseled, dirty, dirt-smudged cheeks looked hollow. His tatty, filthy, tattered clothes hung on him. At 28 years old, he never could have imagined that this would be his life. He's once a consultant for a large, clean energy firm, a proud father, husband, a spectrum father, and owner of a beautiful three-bedroom house in Scottsdale. Now he lived in a tiny two-bedroom boomed hut that couldn't even keep the debris out in the dust storm. His lumpy straw mattress made him yearn for his old steeper bed. He tried to remember a time that when people wouldn't have killed one another for so something as basic water. Maybe it being in the high school team, swim team, a fishing trips with friends now seemed like a myth. There's nothing else existed but arid, uninhabitable land. Only cacti, dirt, rocks, shrubbery, and sicoro and other plants surrounded them. Mountains stood tall and proud, off in the distance. They did seemed much closer than they really were. Houses and paved roads were vague memories. Their closest neighbours were corpses in a cluster of shacks several miles away. It was like he'd been wiped off the planet of the earth. Never to see civilization again. It was a lonely, hopeless feeling. How the hell did it come down to this, he wondered. It all started with a nuclear war in 2040. A surprise enemy attack destroyed parts of the southwest and scourged thousands of miles of land. A lack of rainfall made it more difficult to rebuild and recover. Most of the country couldn't, didn't, hadn't seen a drop for months. Some billionaire miracles started draining lakes and sending the water to societies experiencing doubts. Million, multi-million dollar companies, politicians saw a chance to make money and ran with the idea they purchased the rights of all bodies of water across the country and made them accessible to the public lakes and rivers were surrounded by bodies of sharp by wire fences. They depleted the country's water supply, sent it back to the public at ridiculous prices. Laws were passed that banned citizens collecting rainwater. Water exploitation to the public was blocked and ocean shorelines were patrolled by the armed guards. Joshua shook his head. The lower middle classes went bankrupt, and lives were consumed with poverty, sickness, and death. When the natural crime rate reached an all-time high, the water barons formed of army brutes they called purifiers. Joshua clenched his fist at the thought of them. Poverty-stricken, could himself have forced out their home by purifiers, sent to live in shacks outside of town. Their shacksville residents were deemed useful anywhere. And anyway, purifiers would bring them food, water, and other basic nominees. A user visited Joshua's group 
every four weeks because of the expense of teas or wind turbines. His advice was needed on the banks so the banks could build more turbines to pump water. On several occasions he had taken to the construction sites to assist them. His assistance was well rewarded then, but now their food and water supply was running low. There's no way to know when or if purifiers show up again. He got on his wicker stool and ran his fingers through his coarse brown hair. He had to think of a way to get some food and water. He got up and paced the floor, but only the third same tired ideas came to mind. He never wanted to give up. Vegas precedent made everything seem even grimmer. His head began to throb. He sat on his dirty floor and leaned against the wooden bed frame. He couldn't bring himself to tell anyone. There wasn't, it wasn't, he, there wasn't, had, there wasn't a plan. The group looked to him for guidance. He hated the thought of letting them down. He couldn't believe that only eight of them left out of twenty-five. They were like family now. Julio was by far the strongest, and possibly the reason they were still alive. He taught them how to live off the land, catch food. It was obvious he spent most of his life fending for himself. Joshua couldn't have asked for a more loyal friend. Julio seemed to think of him as a big brother he always wanted. Joshua thought Julio seemed lost in searching place to belong. Zio Maria was the caretaker and surrogate mother of the family. She put others before herself, sometimes at her home peril. Her kindness and compassion knew no bounds. She suspected every living creature around her. She was a vegetarian before Excel and made it clear that she only ate meat for survival. In the beginning, she had been determined to keep everyone alive. The harsh climate soon followed her plan. Joshua knew her, her soul to watch their group dwindle. She became more withdrawn and introverted with every person they lost. Joshua didn't think Blaine and Scala would survive the wastelands, but they proved him wrong. Angelic appearance and gentle demeanors receiving they were much stronger and more capable than he looked. Blaine was accustomed to hard work and did more than his fair share. Skylar tried to stay positive, love encouragement, even the darkest of times. They are pleasant, down to earth, and easy to get along with. They made an adorable, doting couple. Sometimes it was a little day seizing. They seldom argued, but their fights were passionate, as well as their made-up sex. Having the hut closest to them, Mint Joshua was stuck listening to it. Joshua could tell that Skylar wanted children. She volunteered to, to look after Polar. Any time Mary was busy, Joshua thought the world of Maria. He considered her an idle woman, tough, pretty smart and caring. She was also fine, eloquent and educated. She always behaved like a lady. He instilled the same values in her daughter, Balo, as the centre of the universe, and Maria sought to raise her right. Even when things seemed hopeless, Maria managed to be brave for her. No one ever called, saw her cry. Paolo took after her in many ways. She was very intelligent for a child who never had the chance to go to school. She possessed the grace and charm of a little princess. She stayed happy and upbeat most of the time, and Maria tried to shelter her from reality the situation as best as she could. Eager tested Joshua and Jolo's patience, but he gave a lot of sound advice despite being stubborn, old, elderly, and set in his ways. He liked to give orders, which he didn't sit well with everyone. He clashed with the most with Julio, who did not like authority. I don't know why they, they'd think of full of great ideas. I don't, can't help the other seventeen. Joshua stepped called in bed, closed his eyes and drifted to sleep. Now nah, he sat up 
movies at bed, panting and sweating, his heart pounded like a drum. He looked around the room, but everything was dark and quiet. It must have been another bad dream, he wiped the voice wet from his brow. He grabbed his flashlight and headed for the house. Stevie Beauty's finally wake, Pona grinned. She stood over a small patch of plants, plucking them from the ground and tossing them in the basket. Maria shined a flashlight for her. What are you doing out so late? asked Joshua. Zigo Maria had said certain plants retain a lot of moisture. It could help Igor, Pillow replied. Has it rained for weeks, for a while though? Some of these plants have extensive roots and can hold moisture for a long time. It may not be much, but it's worth the shot. We need, we need to do something, Maria said. You're right. How's he doing? He's barely hanging on, Zima. Zima Maria gave him out as a daily water ration. I didn't, don't think it helped much, Maria replied. Done it. I wondered about doing this, Joshua muttered. You know she could not go and listen. She was a nurse for 20 years, and she volunteered at a humane society. A woman spent her life trying to save everyone, everything. That's who she is, Maria replied. Mama, no, mum, mama. Is it going to be enough? Apollo added up. A bus full of greenery. I think so. Take it to Zimona. I see what she says. Apollo ran to Zimona's hut. You sure you are sweaty? Maybe you should eat the plant and think about it. Think there's a couple left. Maria shined flashlight at him. No way. They upset my stomach. Just another dream. I guess Josh was sitting on the ground instead of the night sky. Stars shone like jewels. The moon was full and yellow. You don't remember your dream? Smear sat beside him. No, and I'm glad. I never cut that kind I want to recall. How long do you think you let, would we last after water rations have gone? She stared at him. His eye question caught him off guard. He shifted its spot and looked away. I just need to form a plan, he started. You don't have the vaguest idea what to do. I can see it in your eyes. He stepped back. Rested his head on a rock. A deep sigh escaped. It's not our fault, so he said. She lay beside him. We tapped in this area of its, of this area of its resources. What else can we do? Every day we is up there a battle. Just to make it to the next. They've got to be more than life than this. Maybe we awarded them the afterlife of all our struggles. This might be so, but right now I'm worried about this one. If there's a way to make it through the drought, we'll figure it out. It's not all every day up Bill hurt battle to make it look next, but there were many more, more to life than this. Maybe she awarded the afterlife for all those our struggles. That might be so, but right now I'm worried about this one. If there is a way to make it through the drought, we'll figure out. Or what do you have a meeting about it tomorrow? Because health improves. You had his leg. That's a good idea. Don't like stay up all night thinking about it. He got up, kissed his cheek, and walked to Zenomono's hut.